You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, that's me. I was walking through the halls of a Minnesota rink when along came a wild fan who started talking smack to me. He said, I bet you never liked the blues until they won a cup. So I calmly turned to him and said, hey man, listen up. I admit it's pretty great to win Lord Stanley's prize, but listen. I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Heartbreak's all I knew, man. That team from old St. Lou, man. Got a cup in here, 52, man. Give me a let's go blues. I know Federico, Turnbull, Gilmore, Brown, Chattel, Bothwell, Baybitch, Mahar, Mullen, Millen, Sutter, Pedersen, Pavisi, Curry, Zuckley, Uthard, Hunter, Schofield, Reeves, Ramage, Kia, Dunlop, Wickenheiser, Crombie, Benning, Raglan, Ewan, Micheletti, Ramage, Romming, Pavlovsky, Evans, Cavallini, yes sir, I'm a blues fan, yes sir, I'm a blues fan, heartbreak's all I knew, man, that team from old St. Lou, man, got a cup in here, 52, man, give me a let's go blues. Hello and welcome to Blue Notes, your hockey podcast network home for your 2019 Stanley Cup champion of the world, the St. Louis Blues. And of course, I'm living in the past because the Blues have not been playing up to their Stanley Cup championship level from last year. But regardless, I bleed blue, so therefore, I never lose complete faith. I'm your host, Tom Franklin, joined as always by the man called Wags and Wags. Uh, it's been a interesting week in Blues hockey, to say the least, and uh, we might be watching some signs of a dead cat bounce, maybe. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on. This team, it doesn't look like they're there just yet. Uh, we were encouraged by the the game against Colorado last Sunday, and then Vegas game happened, and at the very beginning, we were like, okay, this is a little bit better, but the shots weren't there, and, and then today, it just almost feels like they're skating through mud. And I, don't, I just don't know what to think about what this team's going to do in the first round beginning Tuesday. Yeah, I really I really don't know what, what's happening either. I mean, the um, it was pretty telling after the uh, Vegas game that they lost 6-4 to four, that Craig Berube came out and questioned his team's intensity just, just right there. And that's when, when, when Craig Berube is not one to – really go after his team like that unless he sees the absolute need to and there is that absolute need to uh we, as we were talking about before uh, we came on here wags even though they're winning one to nothing it, it just it just feels like exhibition hockey it feels like the blues are still getting their skates underneath them you know it's it's like it's like with any sport you know you, you haven't played for a while you come back you're going to be a little rusty but it you know, while teams like Vegas seem to be clicking really well, uh, the Avalanche are a team that's probably going to need to be feared still, even though, even though they're going to be the second seed in the uh, West. Uh, the Blues, it just, it just, they, they just don't look like themselves. And I don't, I mean, the fact of the matter, the fact that there is one thing they are doing well here, you may be able to see it on the whiteboard behind me here, um, is that they are limiting shots. That was a huge issue in the first two games, Wags, and that just kind of comes down to uh, playing with better structure. Yeah, and, and really, because they've been on the uh, penalty kill for, I don't know, it feels like half this game, 
you look at the PK and that has been rock solid. Yes, Dallas got a couple of opportunities there in the second period, but for the most part, yeah, they have been they've been limiting shots, they've been limiting the pass, you know, lanes. They've done a really good job defensively, which they weren't doing in Vegas, but it still comes down to being able to provide that offensive pressure. Relieve your defense by having offensive zone pressure. And they're not doing that. They're not driving hard to the net. You know, the, the goal by Robert Thomas came in the middle of the ice, but it was on a three-on-two three on break, so it really wasn't them doing much. They, there's a lot of stuff been going on in the outsides of the offensive zone and just not much going on in the nitty-gritty areas that they're used to scoring it. And they're really still not looking that cohesive on the power play, which is troubling given that they were 24.3%, you know, one of the best in the uh, NHL during the regular season. I saw, I think, at last check, they were like one for seven since this round robin started. Uh, that's a huge problem. And that was something, Wags, that you thought, you know, might not be an issue and might even be improved upon now that Tarasenko's come back. Of course, Tarasenko was out in the Thursday game. So, I mean, what's what, what do you think is going on there? It's it's just not being in sync with each other, not having been played for a long time. I mean, this this power play was very very good during the regular season without Tarasenko. Uh, you know, to be perfectly honest, I don't think you put Tarasenko on the power play right now. I mean, go back to what you know, uh, because before Tarasenko was out, the power play was good, but not that good. And when he was out, they were really really good. So you had more, you know, puck possession you had more passing you had more open shots um it, it almost seems like when Tarasenko gets out there on that power play everybody's trying to funnel it to him which that's not supposed to, that's not gonna be his role on the power play he's not the old Alexander Ovechkin of this team in a sense where he's gonna post up in in you know on the dot there and just rifle pucks home you know they I've always said that they they misuse Tarasenko on the power play and I think you're seeing that regardless if it's on the, the, the top power play unit or the second power play unit. They, they misuse him so much. And now that he's gone for a while, they're trying to figure out exactly where he fits still. And yep. it just, it just yeah, it sounds like it sounds like the problem just has never been solved. And it's, it's, it's still a problem now. So um, hopefully that's uh, – Hopefully by the time the uh, the Blues start their next series, that's remedied here. Uh, by the way, since we are live on Facebook, you can uh, give us a call at any time. Uh, 314-329-4349. 314-329-4349. Call it, text it 24-7, and you'll be on Blue Notes today. Or if we're not recording or if we're not live, drop us a message. We'll get you on the next show. We, uh, we, we'll, we'll take your message, and we'll play it on the uh, next episode of Blue Notes which will be, uh, first of all, this one will be posted on Monday. Uh, this, what you're hearing now, will be basically comprising that podcast episode. Next week, we need to figure out when the schedule is going to be for the first round. We need to figure out who the Blues are going to play in the first round. And uh, we'll, of course, let you know on our uh, social media accounts, this Facebook page here, which you are listening to uh, in watching us right now um, or you can also follow our twitter page at blue notes pod we keep it very simple for you here so uh before we before the game uh we uh i asked you wags for score predictions and uh i'm off i thought four to two blues uh you thought three to one um we're, we're a little off that pace just a little bit so uh i don't know if we're gonna get a crazy period here or not i hope not um, but uh, for the Blues' sake, because it usually goes the wrong way for them. But um, we also had a prediction from the Hawaii Blues fan, and uh, that is a part of his Aloha commentary, 
which we are going to play right now. And then after that, we will bring in our special guest for our watch party and as well as this episode of Blue Notes, uh, Michael Farley from the Clean Skate Podcast. Uh, he, he That is our Dallas Stars podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. And uh, uh, we'll have him along for the third period to, as he said on Twitter, uh, listen to his disappointment in real time. Because, you know, one reason we're bringing him on, Wags, is because, uh, you know, as bad as it might be for the Blues right now, we're not Dallas bad. So let's go ahead and get uh, a Hawaii Blues fans predictions and commentary. It's the Aloha Commentary. Aloha, Tom and Wags. This is Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan. Wait, why is it so dark in here? Why is it so dark all of a sudden? Guess I need to take care of that. That's better. Aloha, Tom and Wags. This is Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, host of the Blue Note Fan Report, with my Aloha commentary. And just like I flipped a switch, it's time for our Blues to flip a switch. The last few days in the NHL have been absolutely crazy. It started off with Elimination Friday. Six, count them, six elimination games. And not only that, five teams got eliminated. That's enough to make a man drink. Yeah, it is. Well, Chicago eliminates the number 12 seed. Chicago eliminates the number 5 seed, Edmonton Oilers. The number 12 seed, Montreal Canadiens, eliminate the number 5 seed, Pittsburgh Penguins. Of the two, that's the one I thought was more plausible. Um, the number 11 seeded Arizona Coyotes. Arizona Coyotes advance. Um, it, it was just absolute pandemonium. Vancouver advances. Uh, in the east, um, Florida gets knocked off by the Islanders. And uh, the only one that tied up ended up, or that went to game five, was an absolute shocker. Absolute crazy shocker. With minutes to go, three minutes to go, and down by two or three goals, Toronto comes back, pulls the goalie, and scores and ties it up, and then wins it in overtime. Just, just amazing. Now, why is this all important? Why am I going on and on about games other than the Blues? Because look at what those teams that have just advanced have done. They have played hard-fought, physical contest. We have not. The Blues really need to flip that switch and play the type of hockey we expect them to play. Uh, this game against Dallas, I mean, this is a rivalry game, believe it or not. It's a friendly rivalry, but this is a rivalry game. We've been playing Dallas since the beginning. They're one of the teams that came in with us. And we've had some really uh, great games lately. You know, game seven, you know, double overtime. They came within inches a couple of times of sending us home and them raising another cup, possibly. The Blues have got to play the type of game that we've seen them play. A four-checking, neutral zone controlling, puck possession game. They haven't done it yet, and it's definitely time for them to 
this game against Dallas is, in my eyes, semi-important. The Blues will face will face either Calgary if they win, or Vancouver if they lose. If they face Calgary, that's a better matchup for them. Whereas for Dallas, Vancouver is a better matchup. So, let's see what happens. My predictions are kind of... I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss. I think this will be a tight game. Um, I, I'd like to see it be physical. I'd love to see a fight. I, I want to see something good happen. Uh, Pawlowski? Pawlowski's going to be having nightmares tonight. Thinking of the Blues. I hope so. Uh, so my prediction. Blues 4. Dallas 3. And the Blues will take on Calgary. Well... Like I said, the NHL postseason, which the NHL got right, will drive a man to drink. Gary Bettman, I'm sorry. I know we boo you a lot, but this time I toast you, sir. Job well done. Well, Tom and Wags, I think it's time for me to go. This is Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, saying aloha, mahalo, and I'll see you on the next aloha commentary, and I hope I'll see you on the Blue Note Fan Report. Aloha! And that was, of course, uh, the Hawaii Blues fan there chiming in. And, of course, uh, what what do you think of his assertion that maybe Calgary's the uh, the better matchup for the Blues uh, if they hold on here? I agree with him. I think Calgary is the best matchup. Uh, you look at what Vancouver can do uh, as far as goaltending, defense, and offense. They're they're not you know a superstar team, but they are definitely a notch above a Calgary who their goaltender is Cam Talbot. Yeah. That doesn't inspire any any fear in me. And yes, he played well against Winnipeg. And yes, Calgary has Matthew Kachuk, and he could be doing everything he could to you know, show up his hometown team, but he could also get really, you know, uptight about it and maybe make some mistakes. So I, I do like Calgary as, as the Blues potential opponent, but you know what? I'll just be happy either way. Cause we're going to, we're in the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk to uh, bringing our special guest right now as the third period gets along here. It is Michael Farley from the clean skate podcast. And welcome to the Blue Notes Watch Party, Michael Farley. How's it going, Michael? Hey, how's it going, boys? Uh, it's going uh, going well. We're we're winning actually for once. It's uh, it's it, this is this is a uh, we're re- rediscovering what winning feels like. Yeah, um, that would uh, sure nice be nice here uh, for the stars over here. Yeah, I know you've you've you, you've had your struggles a little bit. Uh, uh, this series here so far, and, and just in this game. So, like, just from the Dow- from the Dallas fans' perspective, I mean, for the Blues, it's been intensity. You know, just kind of it, it feels like they're out of sync, kind of you know, rediscovering how to almost play hockey again. Uh, what's it, what what what's the issue with Dallas? Because this is this is now what eight in a row for you. Um. So, if you count the exhibition loss, um, it will be if we lose this game, this will be our tenth. Ouch. Yes. Um, 
Me? I mean, it's just, listen, we've been talking offense, offense, like, you know, for the last year, and we got Pavelski and Perry, and we thought that would help, and I think we're starting to see that they're kind of old. So, I mean, like, I don't know. They're just like, every time Pavelski's in front of the net, he's just on, on his ass at the end of every play. Like, he just looks tired getting up. Yeah, there's a lot of blues. I think that kind of look the same. Just, just the, 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 the drive and the punches in there. It almost, it, it's, it's. We were kind of talking about this last week with the Avalanche guys. I thought the Blues and Avalanche they played a very competitive game. The Blues still weren't, you know, at top speed, but it felt like a good regular season game. But we were talking about this before the game, and just this Blues Stars game just feels kind of there. You know, it just, I, I, it's. I'm glad we're broadcasting right now because otherwise I might be taking a nap. Yeah, it definitely hasn't been, and like honestly, a good hockey game for either side. I think. I think like there's been a lot of disconnected passes. They're trying to force plays that aren't there, you know. And then there's like like there's some times that people are standing still and stuff like that. So I definitely think this has been a really cluttered game of hockey just from the whole game. Well, you look at the one of the power plays Dallas had. They highlighted it on the broadcast. You know, Jamie Ben, best player on Dallas, yeah. on a power play at the point, standing straight-legged, not moving, with wide open ice in front of him, just begging for a pass. But instead of going towards the net or making something happen, he's kind of lingering at the line. And you're like, if your star player is doing that, how much are these guys really invested in this game or, or, or really anything going on right now? Yeah, and I mean, like, there's also – I just feel like there's a lack of, uh, like – creativity on offense like especially with Sagan out of the lineup today like that's a huge like listen he hasn't been playing great but he still has that that talent that offensive side that he could just take over because he has that potential to do that right but like with him out of the lineup the only creativity and stuff I'm seeing really is from Perry like in just flashes and Gurionov and hints but I still think listen I love Gurionov and hints they are going to be the pillars on this team in a couple years. I don't think we can rely on them to carry us through these games. They're, I think they're still young for that. Yeah, and, and I, one thing that you uh, you were kind of talking about, just being offensively creative, uh, at the end of the last period, uh, the NBC guys did highlight something that Dallas was doing where, you know, Klingberg had the puck in the offensive zone. He was on the, uh, um, you know, the, 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 the top right towards the blue line. And then Jamie Benn is on the far side, directly opposite of him. And usually he's and he's got all sorts of ice in front of him. It's usually his role at that point to kind of cut in, you know, and take a take a crack at net. And he's just standing there. I mean, there there there, there just doesn't seem to be a lot of offensive movement for you guys. I will say, I have Jamie Benn has been a lot more noticeable for me in this game than he has in the other two games. Ooh. Um. And I mean, and then, I mean, but then there's plays like that, but, but then also you go to think like he also was the one that threaded that cross seam pass that hints just whiffed on. Right. Cause that's him now. Right. But that was when he had moved down to that bottom goal line position. Sure. So, I mean, right. It's still there. Like he's got it, but like, sometimes you just like, you just gotta just, just give a little more, you know, like that, like just keep skating, like call for passes. Like, I don't know. Yeah, something I've kind of noticed in the round robin games, like the like especially the ones the Blues play, but just in general, it, compared to the play in games, like the play in games have had some really fun hockey. 
You know, I mean, a lot of upsets. I mean, the, the Coyotes knocking off the Preds is a big thumbs up for, you know, any St. Louis Blues fan right now. We, I'm Preds, on board for it. The Preds are starting to get under our skin, kind of like the Blackhawks have all our careers. I don't think they're quite Blackhawks level yet, but they're getting up there. So that was a good thing to see. Uh, but just just the, the just the st- level of hockey, you know, in the round-robin games, I think teams are kind of, especially the Blues, are taking the approach of it really doesn't matter too much which seed you end up in. Like taking case for this game here, the Blues are starting Jake Allen. Uh, the last game they held out Vladimir Tarasenko for precautionary reasons. If this was a playoff game, you don't hold out players for precautionary reasons. If they can go, they can go. Um, so, I mean, do you th- do you feel these round robin games? Are the, the the teams aren't treating these as much as so much much must wins as just um, you know, kind of shake off the rust and you know, kind of get in sync, you know, mode a little bit like an exhibition. Um, I, I definitely have enjoyed. I think there's been a lot more intensity in the uh, the best of five series, like yeah. just just in overall physicality and stuff. Like I definitely haven't seen any huge hits so far in the in the round robin tournament Not as really. much as in the in the five games. So, um, I mean, yeah, I but I just like at this point for me, like if we're going on potentially 10 losses in a row, right? Like you got to play for pride a little bit. Yeah. I do. I, I, I don't, I don't like to see players getting injured. And I don't like these hits in particular, but Sammy Blay did just try to brain one of the stars players on the boards and got a, you know, uh, looks like he got a major out of it. So, I mean, at least there might be some signs there that the intensity is coming back a little bit, but uh, of course, Wags, you don't like to, you know, see players nearly get injured like that either. On Andre Sekera too. That guy cannot catch a break. <laughs> no, well, he he can he can catch the boards, but he can't 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 catch a break. Well, he can't catch the boards. His chin can catch the boards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you guys totally. There there hasn't been as much of that playoff intensity for the round robin games, and and part of it is because these these teams are trying to knock off rust and and really see where they're at. Now, if for some reason the NHL adopts this format going forward as we see a giveaway there by mm. uh, Steen. Uh, if this goes to something where in the future they, they do these kinds of things, round robins and qualifiers for the playoffs, I think you might see something completely different when it comes to these teams trying to get seeding because they're all will have really been playing. And, and I'm actually, I would be interested and excited if they adopt this going forward. Do you guys see that possibly being a, a way that they can do some more to enhance the, the level of play in the playoffs? I mean, I like the format. The formats, I, I, I enjoy it. It brings some, you know, added, you know, unpredictability into these playoffs. I think we've seen in these playoffs specifically that, you know, it's really the, the best team wins. I mean, we've had both, you know, 12 seeds, you know, uh, go on. We had, as I mentioned, the Coyotes took out the Avalanche. Um, this has been kind of just an unprecedented playoffs here. And even when we get back to normal, I wouldn't mind seeing this format stick around. I mean, with – I mean, going back to home stadiums, of course, obviously, and, you know, having the home ice rules and all that stuff that I'm OK with. But, um, you know, I it's 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 been a great for I mean, just for, as a non-biased fan, it, it's been a great playoffs. What, what do you think, Farley? What do you think of this? Uh, how, how this format has played out so far just overall? I think under the circumstances, like it's been a home run like the, I think they hit it out of the park. Um, there's I think. Obviously, they're still new at it. There's like some technical stuff, like the fan noise kind of throws me off. Yeah. Especially when they're like singing the anthem or like during moment of silences and you still, the fan noise is just crackling in the background. 
Like, I don't know, that kind of throws me off a little bit. But, like, other than that, the hockey's been great. Like, it's been exactly what we would have wanted, I think, intensity level. And I think it's only going to get better once the actual playoffs start um, that we would have gotten if, you know, the regular season had continued out. Um, But, I mean, I'm kind of of the mind of, like, if the quicker we can get things back to normal and just back to the way they were, the better. Yeah, there was. I remember watching the a Blackhawks game, and uh, there was they were doing the anthem, and the crowd was cheering through the anthem. Which, oh, I mean that's that's typical which, of yeah, Chicago I fans. Say, I was say, correct me if I'm wrong. That's typical. I mean, that's uh, uh, Jim Cornelison's anthems in Chicago are an event in of themselves, really. You know, I have not been to a game in Chicago yet. Nah, I I was lucky enough to hear their anthem singer one time perform at Notre Dame uh, when I was living in South Bend, and that was a special event. And the guy, you know, say what you will about the Blackhawks, you know, that guy's good. You know, he deserves all the claim and all the cheer that he gets during his anthems. Uh, it's just it's just very weird though to hear cheering during the anthem because it's usually you're quiet, you're reverent until um, you get to like the home of the blues, you know, that kind of part. So. And I, I think I, I kind of like that they play both teams' goal horns and stuff like that. You know, I thought it was just, it was supposed to be just the home team that was. That's what I thought that, too. Though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I, that as well. I don't know what changed, or I don't know if it was something that was announced that we just missed. Um, but I'm okay with it. I I like it. Yeah. It's nice to be able to get that feel, but the fact that you know you're trying to do whatever you can to give a team home ice hey Tarasenko exists it, it takes it takes something away from that from that home team advantage that you think you would have um because yeah i mean the fans aren't there so you're not getting that so at the very least you could have is your stuff and not the other team stuff because now both teams feel comfortable because they're playing in what they would consider their home environment because they get their stuff when they score a goal or, or things like that. And they, I don't know if they're alternating, uh, you know, like the fans interaction. Um, actually, I haven't really seen a whole lot of that. Uh, if they're doing that, maybe that's the way they go about it. But I, I thought they would give the home teams at least something because they're not getting the fans. Yeah, we were actually uh, when I was uh, when I joined Offside by a Mile after our uh, watch party last week, Wags. They were talking about your idea that eventually we're just going to all wear virtual reality headsets and you know cheer from home, and maybe that might cut down on the the lag issues that you have with some of these fan cheering and like the fan chants, like that really cringy National Predators. It's all your fault from last week. You know, it just it just when they when they first played it, you could barely hear what they were saying. It sounded really cringe. I think the next then the next time they played it, they improved the audio quality on it, but it was just really bad the first time I mean, around. Do you really want to punish Nashville fans for not being yes. able to conduct technology? I mean, they're not going to be able to watch the games. I mean, they just <laughs> I, I I know they just got electricity. It's you know, and it, I mean they're still learning. Oh man, this game is brutal. It's like people are just all over the place. It, it it's sloppy. It's 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 like it's like a game be, uh, with the Charlestown Chiefs from Slapshot. <laughs> you know, I'm expecting the Hanson brothers to vault over the boards here any second. It's just, just very, it's like Iron League level hockey. It almost feels like the puck is sticking to the ice. Well, more it so looks than like usual. the ice is just bouncy. Have you seen how many people have just like fallen over on nothing? Yeah. Just like, like there's been a couple times people just be skating like back into their own zone. And they've just fallen backwards. So I, I think there's something up with the ice because it definitely has been yeah. kind of. There's been some bounces and like hints, like just like scuff that open that like I, I the ice is weird to be fair that that was coming off of his off 
offhand there and, and you're trying to shoot that back across your body to the net. So I, you know, I gave him a little bit of a pass there because that's a difficult shot to make. If he's a right-handed shot, that puck's in the net, but yeah. you're, you're basically waiting for that puck to cross across your body and then have to re-bring it back across your body in order to put it in the net. So, you know, those are tough shots to make. So uh, I, I'm not going to blame him on that. I can't believe I'm defending a Stars player. <laughs> I just I can't believe they they've taken Guryanov and Hints and they're on different power play units and I don't know why. Oh, that was kind of like uh, in the uh, Vegas game wags where they broke up Scandella and Pareko yep. and they put Pare- they put Scandella with Petrangelo and that did not work at all, you know. And then all of a sudden, by the time the end of the game came around, Scandella and Pareko were back. So it's like I, I'm not a fan of breaking up what something that works. You know, Agreed. I, How do you guys feel about that offside or the uh, the gold callback? You know, I hate the offside replays in general. I just hate them because they 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 stunt momentum. They 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 grind the game to a halt. And in the end, you're you're talking about being centimeters over the blue line and probably and by a player that probably wasn't even involved in the goal itself. I mean, what's the freaking point? You know, I, I mean, I, I don't know if just wiping out the blue line in general is the solution either, because then you're just going to have cherry pickers everywhere. But it's just like, I, I feel there has to be a better system for offsides. Like, you know, soccer, in soccer, you have VAR, you know, where you have, you know, you can tell in an instant whether a ball has gone over the goal line or not. In tennis, they've had that tennis ball technology that can determine if a ball is in or out. Why can't we have that for hockey? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, we, we need something that's snappier. We need something that's, you know, I mean, it's – and then you have some you'll have some detractors that say that if we get a system like that, you know, you're going to have like the police state, you know, where it's just like you can't even go – you can't cheat anymore and it just takes some of the organic feeling out of the game. So the, the bottom line with offsides is you're never going to make anyone everyone happy no matter what you do. Um, I, but I, but I, I do think the current system sucks. I think they have to revamp the rule of what offsides actually is too, because uh, I think they actually are, are talking about it with, you know, essentially with players, their skates lifted above up, but still across the line, all that kind of stuff. I think they're going to evaluate that. And that I would hope would cut down on some of the, the issues. Uh, and, you know, talking about, you know, the Hawkeye technology and tennis and, and VAR and all that from everything I understand, it's so incredibly difficult to just get a camera down that line I, True. incorporating any more technology into it i don't know if it's the nhl's fault or if it's just the fault of what the game is uh it's it's light years behind some of these other sports yeah that's true you know and, and it's it's one thing that you know we have to think about with hockey is that you're playing on a smaller sheet of ice for one as well i mean soccer you have oceans of space you know in comparison and you can have you know multi-camera angles determine you know offside or not whereas i don't think you have that type of flexibility you know at a, at a hockey rink like that but i will say but i will say going to probably the point that you were you were wanting us to make uh, farley is i do i the call was fine you know i mean it's it's he was offsides you know yes yeah. all right all right but, that's what yeah okay by, there you go. by the letter of the law it, he was offsides and, and honestly wags that was one of the more clear-cut offsides replays i've ever i've seen I was actually surprised they didn't call it earlier because when that play initiated, when when Schwartz got into the zone, my first thought was, oh, that's going to be offside. And then they kept playing and playing and playing. And then honestly, I forgot that they had even entered the zone offside at that point. And that's, I think, the other part of the rub is, you know, you've got a play that lasts 10, 15, 20 seconds after the supposed, supposed offside. 
you you're taking that time back away who knows if that actually had any impact on the goal itself uh there there, there has to almost be a statute of limitations too as about how far back you can go look at an offside call as well yeah, yeah definitely yeah. definitely great shot by dunn though oh yeah uh like that's that's the toey shot that's like the nhl 20 uh snipe goal right there if if the blues end up having to trade done i'm gonna miss him so much i mean that 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 one might honestly in a way wax hurt me more than petro leaving well we we were talking about this on our show the other night you know making this akin to when albert Pujols left the cardinals now obviously albert Pujols, greatest baseball player at the time petrangelo is probably not the best NHL player may not even be the best defenseman at this point in time, but it's still the same level. You have a guy that's the leader of a team going to probably leave for more money. Um, is it the case that you would actually almost rather see him go away in order to preserve the integrity and the financial structure of the team? Or do you want Petrangelo to stick around for the next eight to 10 years? I think it's, I think I think a good GM, like a logical GM, will recognize the fact that this is a business and they kind of got to be like, listen, we appreciate what you've done, but we've got to keep going and just immediately pass. And then what happens is, though, is that, right, you get the GMs that are like, oh, this is my boy. This is my baby. And then and then they, you know, they give him all the money. Right. Like, look at Detroit. Like, all right. Honestly, like. Ken Holland, like they want, they they won all those cups, and then they were like, "These are my boys," and so they paid them all. Well, which, but you I mean, can't do that. I mean, Chicago's two of their six defensemen are Duncan, Duncan Keith, and Brent Seabrook, and you exactly. know, I mean, at least one example. of them's still playing. But I mean, you know, they're they're husks of what they were. And well, Keith looked pretty pretty good in the well. In the, and, yeah, he did. See, that that's another thing with, with 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 this format though is that if you're an older veteran NHL player, you know that you know gets dinged up easier, or gets tired easier, you feel those aches and pains as you get older. This break, you're coming out refreshed, you know. So so this, you know, if if this is like the format going forward, including like you know awarding the Stanley Cup in you know August or September. Um, I can't believe that didn't go in. I, I know. I'm sitting here too. Yeah, but like, if this is the format and you're giving these veterans breaks, I mean, I mean, you're 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 extending careers basically, you know, by doing this. So, you know, Keith isn't the only one I've noticed that's kind of looked like he's shot out of a cannon. Yeah. See, I w- I see. I would have hoped that that would have held true for some of our older guys. I would have loved to see that. Yeah. But to be honest, we have cut. We've played at, like every game has been almost the same for the most part for the for the exception of that first the first two periods of the Vegas game was the only exception they were they were fast they were playing well they're playing they were counter punching really hard and then obviously the collapse in the third which is it was just something I wasn't expecting from this team because we were supposed to not do that so and so then they did that and I was all of a sudden I was like well well, what can we do now, right? Because if that if we can't even do that, what what's what's what are we good at then? Right, exactly, exactly. Uh, but it's just been honestly, but it's been at the same tempo. Every game's just been the same tempo for the except those two periods. Yeah, yeah. I, I would I would agree with you that it's the way the Blues have played too. Kind of the same tempo all the way throughout. No real change, no real adjustment, and I don't know if that's just because they're kind of trying to save themselves or because they know they're in, they know they're playing in the next round. So 
don't do anything to overexert yourself or to get yourself hurt, but you also want to make sure you're, you're playing well going into the, into the first round. Well, I'm of the mind that like, uh, I don't think we have a very good offense to begin with. So, <laughs> so it's, it's like, it's maybe not for, I don't know. You just gotta, it's just real frustrating to watch. Like I just can't put my finger on it because like the talent is there. And then there's also like, there's some line adjustments that like, if these are supposed to be tune up games, they're not re- like bonus really hasn't made many adjustments. Like he, he's tweaked the lineup game to game and they've all been slightly different, but even like during, he doesn't really do much during games. He just kind of sends the same guys out and then expects the same thing, I guess. Yeah. And Craig Ruby at least will mix up the lines. You know, he talked about in the game against Vegas, he had the power play switched up and, and he will, if he sees something, he'll make an adjustment. He'll throw somebody else on a different line. Um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but for the most part, at least last year, it, everything, he, everything he did was golden. Every move he made was exactly the move that needed to be made. Yep. And if you're not able to adjust, then yeah, you're, you're going to be in trouble. Oh, well, we God, just like I watch Robert it. Thomas skate for days. Robert Thomas is so fast. That <laughs> was like it was a great shot. Like Hudobin like was standing up still. Yeah, yeah. Hudobin's looked pretty good for you guys, which is good because uh, I guess I guess Bishop's hurt. And, uh, they deemed him unfit to play. So I don't know what. Yeah, that, well, that like that's like that's all they say these days. Deemed unfit to play. So it doesn't mean he doesn't. Maybe he's got the sniffles, or you know, maybe it's something bigger. Well, I remember during the 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 Coyotes Predators game, like for the third period, uh, Ronta was on the bench, and then all of a sudden, Aiden Hill was on the bench, and the ruling was Ronta was deemed unfit to play. So I don't know if that's just an excuse for. You know, hey, let's 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 get some other players out there, or what? It's it's the 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 one thing with the way the NHL handles injuries in the media is that you just the only thing you're doing is leading at getting more questions asked. You know, what's what's the issue? And I, but I guess in the past, at the same time, I mean, like I think I guess the whole impetus for doing you know the injuries the way they do now is because like. You know, say, you know, uh, McDavid comes into town and uh, he's got a right shoulder injury. Well, guess what? You're going to get your tough guys going after that right shoulder because he's Connor McDavid and you don't want him on the ice as much as possible. So, I mean, I, I get I get the reasoning behind it. And, of course, there's also HIPAA rules as well here in the States. So, um, you know, privacy and all that. Um, so basically, with 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 time winding down here, it looks like the Blues, if it holds on, they'll take on the Flames. The Stars will take on uh, the uh, Canucks. So, you given a choice, Farley, would you rather have the Flames or would you rather have the Canucks? Um, oh man, that Flames series. I think if the Flames and Stars were to play, I think I think the Flames Stars series would be a really nasty series. Um, cause Kachuk would get going and then that would just green light Perry to get going. And, and like, we've got to like, Jamie Lexiak is a huge man. So like, we've got, we've got some big boys, right? They've got Lucic obviously. So I think it, that'd be a, a very nasty series. Um, if I'm going to be honest, I think a stars, uh, Vancouver Canucks series is going to be kind of boring. I can see uh, that. I mean, it'll. I think it'll be in about the same tier as the Wild Canucks uh, round robin. In almost level like it felt excitement. like they weren't playing. <laughs> yeah. I I watched the highlights the next day. 
Well, yeah, and, and the Blues took on the Canucks a couple times, Wags, and I don't think any of those games were really, like, you know, knockout, drag out, you know, memorable games, except for the one where, you know, they had that 3-on-0 three on, three on, on Markstrom. You know, remember that one? Yeah, I don't, I don't think the Canucks fans want to face us because of that. <laughs> right, exactly. They might still have some jitters over that one. I mean, the game that they played in St. Louis was was very, very good. They, the Blues ended up, I think, losing in a shootout. Yeah. But Jacob Markstrom, once again, stood on his head in that game. And, and really, if he, he, the Canucks go as he goes, and if you get a, a series between Markstrom and Ben Bishop, that actually might be a pretty good made-for-TV series if both of the offenses are, you know, peppering them with shots versus just, you know, them each making 20 saves in the game. I definitely would obviously, I think, give the offensive edge to, oh, man, wow. That, yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. That right there, like, Gurionov and Hints are the only pulse of, like, <laughs> offensive flair. Like, no one else on the team other than those two would be even thinking to do that. Reminded me of that Luka Doncic pass from last night yeah. between the yeah. legs. Whew. Yeah, oh. I, I, I'm kind of, you know, for, for the Blues, you know, I'm okay with the Flames if, if that's what it ends up being. Just as you kind of mentioned, the Flames kind of play a heavy style, and the Blues can play with heavy teams. I mean, because that is kind of the Blues style themselves. Um, you know, and Vancouver was a team that, you know, even though, you know, they don't play maybe the most exciting style of hockey, they did get the Blues issues this year. I mean, I, I mean, uh, we had the, the, over, the one overtime game and then we had the shootout game that the Blues and the Canucks split. I think those were the two games. Um, whereas the Flames, I mean, they, they still, I'm, you know, yes, Talbot, you know, pitched a shutout against the Jets to, you know, win that series for them. But then again, the Jets were kind of in meltdown mode anyway. Um, so I, I just, if I'm a, yeah, fan, I don't, I don't have a ton of confidence in the Flames goaltending. Well, I, I, well, you're also just, uh, you know, just, just as an FYI for fans, you know, you're also an Oilers fan, so you're very well aware of Cam Talbot. Yeah, I, I, I know how the dad bot works. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. I, I get the feeling Talbot in Edmonton was revered much in the same way that Jake Gowan was revered for so many years in St. Louis. Well, he, he wasn't really here for that long. He only played for, I think, three or four years. Um, felt, it, it felt like longer, but maybe, that, maybe that's me. I don't know. There's just been such a carousel goaltending over there. Yeah. I, I don't even know what they're going to do now, to be honest. Uh, no, I, was look, I was looking up the, the Flames-Blues series. The, the Blues actually won all three games, it looks like. Three to two, yeah. five nothing, and then five four in the shootout. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, Riddick was an all-star for the Flames, you know, and, and it was it, it was actually kind of sad when I interviewed him at the uh, all-star game this year because it seemed like all the players had a mob around them. You know, you had to kind of pick your battles and pick your spaces. Like, you know, I wasn't going to get TJ Oshie in St. Louis, you know, because, you know, you, you had to, like, post up, like, next to him in order to just, you know, get a word in. Um, but Riddick, the poor guy, like, you know, all the players are up there for 20 minutes, and for like the last three minutes, I had him almost to myself because oh. no, no one else wanted to talk to the poor guy. Uh, no, he, no one probably knew who he was. No, he was a funny guy. He was, he was a funny guy. He like he, he, he was enjoying being there. You know, he's, you know, I felt kind of bad for the guy, really. Uh, yeah, but now he's not even starting. So I, I yeah, you know, it just, yeah, that's that. I think he's a, he's a confidence oh. goaltender. 
Schwartz, man, wide open. And where did where did that end up in like the like the the upper deck? Uh, it, like me, just, it, it was near the four fans that were there. Yeah, yeah, it looked, looked like he golfed it. But the, you you guys see that they uh, if oh, a player the scores a hat trick, yeah. they they still throw their hats. They, yes, they get the, <laughs> the people in there throwing the hats. Oh, I, you know, I've been that. impressed with what the NHL's done as far as you know having fun with this you know what they have the sign up you know please be careful when exiting your couch uh, the, uh, the wave concession is prohibited. stands stay open all all throughout the game the wave is prohibited <laughs> i love that and they they like welcome you to the game that they like they're like welcome to the viewers at home i like at the beginning they're like welcome to edmonton i think and, that's kind of neat and i like the aesthetics of how everything looks you know it, it's it it, 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 it it it's different it looks nice it no. sort of reminds me of like the arcade mode uh, uh, in NHL 20, you know, yeah. with, like where you can play in like those empty, like the custom arenas and stuff like that. Like That's sort of what chill. it looks like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it makes me think of the uh, the Winter Classic as well, especially when they pipe in the crowd noise. That's why, that's why I said it, it makes it a little bit more watchable yeah. and makes you feel more a part of it because it feels like a Winter Classic and the, and where the, the fans aren't around, but you still hear them. Yeah, that's the thing. With the Winter Classic, you have so much space in between the boards and the fans usually, so it, it kind of looks like that a little bit. You're, you're right. Empty net here, guys. We'll see how this goes. Oh, the Blues can't score on an empty net, so nope. you're, you're, you've got some luck. You've you got hope. Uh, I'm not even sure the Blues even get it out of their own zone, honestly, in, their next, in the next 135. I will say, I'm glad Klinger, Klingberg is back. He he makes a significant difference. He is he, he's another one of those players that I don't think people realize how good he is. He is, he, he is a fantastic defenseman. And they're oh. talking about him being a guy that could possibly be traded to. Like, how, how do you even think about trading a guy like Klingberg. Yeah, and Klingberg, I think, is like one of those crazy Europeans where he's 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 just not going to deteriorate no. at the same rate. Oh, oh nice big save. save. Alan. Nice save, Alan. You guys are a couple head, seconds ahead of me. <laughs> yeah, we had to sync up before uh, before we uh, started recording. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. That, uh, that, that Jamie Benn wraparound is starting to give me flashbacks. Hey, they got it out of the zone, Tom! Yay! O'Reilly has Progress. looked has looked selkie level this game. Well, he is a selkie candidate. Well, for good reason. The uh, yeah. that block on that two on one was, or three on one. That was textbook. Yeah, I, I keep going back and forth as to whether O'Reilly or other. Oh. <sighs> He's done it. He has done it, the absolute mad lad. I guess, I guess, I guess Joe Pavelski woke up on legs. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that doesn't surprise me though. I mean, the Blues have blown a third period lead in the last two games. This is what we do. Yeah, it's just you what know, we do. We just wanted extra hockey. Yeah, I mean, yeah. To be, I mean, to be fair, that was a really nice screen by Ben. I yeah, mean, there, I mean, Jake Allen could not see a damn thing. No, and how there's nobody clearing oh. that that out of the front of the net is beyond me. Uh, and, and not only that, but Pareko was kind of in his line of sight as well. And Pareko's definitely makes a better door than a window. Yep, uh, it's just nice to see people firing the puck. That you know, that just shoot it. Unreal, unreal. All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. That might. That's a big help. So get, get get through the next thirty seconds. Get the point. Oh wait. Wrong mm. time of year. Yeah. Although I mean, I, I guess they, I mean, how does that work if, if if this ends up in a if this ends up in a tie? 
uh, three three on overtime, and then you have a shootout. Oh, yeah, and yeah, I guess you just... would go. I guess you would go goal differential, maybe. Yeah. Uh, hmm. That's a good point. Because we haven't uh, we we haven't gone to a shootout in a round robin game yet, have we? No, we have not. No. No. But we're gonna get overtime hockey. We're getting that's, overtime. That's cool. the, the, the best hockey. The best hockey. Um. All right. So uh, what we're gonna do now? Do you want to hang out for the overtime, Michael, or? Uh, it's uh, I can. Yeah, sure, boys. Well, uh, what we're gonna have to do because Zoom is a dick. That's gonna kick you out here in the next three minutes. So uh, I see that. Uh, we uh, will be right back, and we're gonna reset. And in the meantime, we're gonna give a shout out to uh, the people that help make this possible. That is Manscaped. This episode of the Blue Notes podcast is sponsored by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Got a crazy bush? You know if you trim your hedges, your tree stands taller. Have you ever wished she was smoother down there? She probably has too. If you're anything like me and or just not a neurosurgeon with a steady hand, you probably neglect below-the-belt. Manscaped has us covered. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped advanced skin-safe technology. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. Whew! One of the coolest features is the LED light which illuminates growing areas for closer and more precise trimming. That's insane! If you're listening to me speak right now, you're one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product and I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Get 20% off plus free shipping when you use the promo code THPN at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping again with promo code THPN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code THPN. The best in men's below-the-belt grooming. And welcome back. Here we go. Now, I will say the one thing the Blues do well, and Wax can verify this, is that they are three-on-three experts. You know, they, 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 tend to, they tend to do well in this, like, open ice kind of, uh, you know, form. It almost looks like I'm watching an and one mixtape when Perron and O'Reilly are out there. How many times are the Stars players going to run into each other? That's like the third time this game. <laughs> Team bonding. <laughs> I will say... This format suits Hints and Gurionov a lot better. Yes, okay. it does. Okay. It opens up the ice, and can, if, like, see, if you I get caught, Gurionov going to the net there. Yeah, like if you get caught flat-footed, they're they're by you. They're so fast. Yeah. <sighs> Sound nervous, Wags? A little bit, because I just I don't so, know. So whenever we don't I'm have the correct, puck, I'm nervous. The winner plays Calgary. And the yep. loser plays Vancouver? Yep. Okay, okay, okay. God, I, I kind of want to see that. I want the Stars to win. I want, oh, <laughs> that'd be a good one. I'm, 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 I've, I would, if I had a choice, I'd prefer Calgary, but I don't know, Wags. I'm, I, I feel pretty indifferent. Yeah, I mean, between the two, it, it, it's like splitting hairs. You know, the you've stars, got one The team. Stars played pretty well in Alberta uh, yeah. this last season, so... I, I'm feeling pretty confident with the with the Flames. And then, as Wags pointed out, they uh, swept the Flames and then split with the uh, Canucks. So, 
We'll see here. 303 left to go. Heiskanen is a horse. That he is, man. He's another one of those good defenders you don't hear about outside of Dallas. Well, that's the one thing that Dallas has really done. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago when the Blues played Dallas, they just manhandled the defense oh. back when they had Chris Russell. Oh, oh it was. But, yeah, it was. That was that was some bad years because then he also had the uh, majestic Kari Letton and Auntie uh, Niemi duo in that. The, the, oh, the ten, man, the, the that ten, was. The $10 million duo. Uh oh. Oh. So are you guys, and this is an odd question, I think, because is Roman Polak still part of the Stars organization? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, I, know uh, he's not, I know he's not playing, but are, are you guys missing him? Hints just missed. Ooh. You'll, you'll see it here in a bit, Farley. Hints had a pretty good look. Uh, I think I'm ahead of you guys now. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm at 142. Oh, yeah, you're about 20 seconds oh ahead God. of us. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah. I'm at 202. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that hints play, like that speed, oh, that's what I'm talking how about. That happened? How'd you get ahead of us? Uh, I, I clicked live. I'm just watching like oh, my NBC cheated. broadcast. Cheated. So, so we're gonna know here in a little bit, Wags, if a team won or lost. So just be prepared whenever we. <laughs> I'll I'll try and oh, mm, oh wow the knuckler. Yeah, oh, Ryan O'Reilly gets a beautiful chance in a couple seconds. Dang it! All right. <sighs> The fact that he's still smiling means he didn't score. <laughs> yeah. God, he's way ahead of us. Yes. Klingberg with a chance, and then other way. Here comes Tarasenko. Tarasenko can still move. Wow. Shot yeah, Vladdy. Yeah, oh, was that Tarasenko? Yeah, that was yeah. Vladdy with the chance. Yeah, 90-91. It's, 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 uh, yeah, it's, that's, it's, I, that's probably the first time I've noticed in this game, to be honest. He, yeah, oh. he's he's not quite back in the game. So close. Yet. <laughs> this is this is intense. I mean, I didn't think it would be, but it's intense, yeah, especially I mean, when you're watching with an opposing fan. Yeah, now, now, now that we're in OT, we might get the first uh, round-robin shootout, I guess. The only one because we're the last game, I think. Yeah, well, you've still got uh, the round robin, yes. Yeah. Um, oh, after post, geez. Columbus and Toronto going tonight, oh. which I am really hoping for Columbus. Oh. Yeah, me too. And we're going to a shootout, boys. Oh, yeah. Petrangelo had Schwartz wide open, too. Well, then I'll go ahead and jump ahead on my uh, my feed. Yeah, I'm, I'm live on my feed somehow. Yeah, I'm live. Three, two, one, out. Yeah, I'm still 10 seconds behind you. Yeah. All right, so we're going to have conflicting shootout reactions here. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, that's going to be interesting. Three different reactions. So uh, real quick, let's go ahead and give some love to uh, our uh, Hockey Podcast Network uh, uh, podcast for highlighting this week, the House of Hockey. Hey, hockey fans, I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. We host the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're lifelong hockey fans who talk about the game and the lifestyle. Our guests include professional hockey players. My rookie party had to wear Speedo, and then we had a checklist of stuff we had to do. Here we go, Gaber. What do you got to say? And it's kind of <laughs> like, you know better than that now, boys. I got dressed for the Bruins. I get a phone call. He's like, dude, we need you over here by the elevator. You got to get downstairs. You got to get dressed right now. Started playing the like, dun, 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 And I turned it around and it had the Olympic rings and said, we did it. NHL team hockey reporters. I actually took the Stanley Cup to this ice bar where they've got now girls around them and I've got a fur coat <laughs> on. 
I wonder who who he shoot checked over here. And then <laughs> I looked down at my favorite hockey fans. The entire bar was lined with guys in Kings jerseys. We quickly realized, oh my gosh, this is the dad's trip. And we bring unique hockey stories to light. Coming back to England, 24 right. rinks in the entire country. That's where the problem starts with the sport of ice hockey here. Canadian Blind Hockey Association, those few kids we interviewed, their whole week is built around Sunday at the rink. They're just hockey players. We don't agree on everything. Pineapple goes on pizza. <gasps> no, it does not. <laughs> I think it does. Well, we do agree that there are many people and places that build the House of Hockey. New episodes every Tuesday. Come on in to the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. And welcome back to the uh, playoffs of hockey here on uh, Blue Notes. Peron gets a chance, but it's stopped by Kadobin. Hey, Hudobin's look good. I'm confident with Bishop or Hudobin, which you is great. You should be. Hudobin's been great for you guys. Yeah, he played great against Colorado. Yeah, he he's he's we lost that game, but he's the only reason that game didn't get out of hand. All right, now, oh, now chance for Dallas. Here we go. Shot. Oh, that, that was a poster. I think that's the third or fourth for the Stars this game. Mm. Well, Jake Allen is not a guy, not a goalie that's. Very, very great at shootouts, and no. at least that I've noticed. He's a little. I've noticed he's a little stiff in, in shootouts. He, he, he's not as mobile as uh, Bennington is. No. Uh, you yeah. see how much snow is in the corner of this of these rinks? Yeah, it's a lot. And also, I think Tarasenko makes that if he's on this game. That just. I mean, but 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 fast glove though. To be fair. All right, boys, you ready for this Gurionov? Oh, All right, here's it's gonna, off. It's in, I bet. Time. Dipsy doodle shot, yeah. Five hole, baby. Yeah. Like, like I said, Allen's a size guy. He, he's yeah. he, he's a guy I think you know gets you know sometimes gets tries to get too much buy too much on his size. He's just not as you know as as cat like quick as um, Bennington and other elite goalies. All right, O'Reilly. It's either Calgary or Vancouver. Survey says Vancouver. Wow. All right, boys. Three third period leads blown in the round robin. That's well, hey, that's a new NHL record. I mean, in round <laughs> robin, you know, I mean, I mean, set, I mean, set your goals high very early. Hey, Boston and St. Louis, two teams in the finals last year, combined 0 for 8. In exhibition round robin play, so would you have predicted that, Farley? Uh, what a uh... that 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 both that that both uh, Stanley Cup final participants last year, St. Louis and Boston, go zero for eight in the round robin and start as four seats. Mm. Here, now, now here's the part where he says, "Yes, I foreseen this." Duh. Here's I, I didn't expect you guys to go zero for three. I. Definitely didn't think Boston was going to go 0 for 3. I, I hate to say it, but Boston surprised me a lot more than you guys. That they went 0 for 3. Like, like they had they had the perfect the perfection line, right? Like, how does yeah. that? Where was that? You know. So I think that's Phillies looked good. Phillies looked real good. And then where was I think it? I think Phillies St. Louis of last year. I. Hey, I uh, I put some money down at work with some of my coworkers, and I have Philly in the finals. 
You know, Philly's Philly's got that special something this year. I, I really think I think they're a very good candidate to make the finals. At this point, I think it's between them and Tampa. You know, in, in the East, I, I don't. I I just it, it's going to be one of those two teams. In the West, at this point, I I'm not saying the Blues are going to go to the final this year. I mean, last year they came in as the underdog. That no, everyone kind of wrote them off, and then look what happened. But you don't predict that teams like the Blues going into the playoffs march all the way to the Cup. Um, if I had to pick someone coming out of out of the uh, first round, I would say I'd say Vegas. And I still, you know, I I like Arizona a lot. I mean, they they they, they the the Preds may have you know not had a great regular season, but they played well at the end, and they're still a team to be reckoned with. And Arizona took them out in four, which I predicted, by the way, for the, the humble brag. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, this is my, this is as big of a surprise wags as any other surprise we've had in this playoff so far. I mean, I, I, I thought maybe the blues would lose one or two games. I did not think they would lose all three. This is, yeah. this is just bewildering. I was counting on them beating Dallas. I mean, I really was. I thought that that was going to be the one that they matched up well against. And when you didn't have Ben Bishop playing, you didn't have Tyler Sagan playing, you would have thought, okay, their offense will get going a little bit. They've got the goaltending matchup one. And, and Jake Allen looked very, very good today. You know, let's not discredit that. Uh, you know, the one goal was the, the goal he could not see. And outside of that, he was just as good as Jordan Bennington. The goalies have not been the issue at all for the Blues this year, at least in this round robin. It's it's just been the offense not being there, and it's really kind of scary that we really haven't seen the offense get going yet, and it's going to have to change quickly if they're going to advance. Uh, I still think the Stars, at least from the Stars' perspective, like like I said, they had the two really good periods against um, – uh, against Vegas, and I thought we looked decent in that third period, right? I still think we lack that offensive creativity, but I thought we were doing what we did well, and we stuck with it, and I think we played pretty solid defensively, and then, you know, we scored 30 seconds left. So we've played one – if you put together all the good periods we've played, we've played one complete game. <laughs> oh, that's that's not good. <laughs> No, but you know what? It moved us up a seed, and now I get to watch Corey Perry just kill Kachuk. Which which series in the first round are you guys most excited to watch? Uh, I mean, you've got Chicago and in, in Vegas, you've got Colorado and Arizona, you got the Blues and Canucks, and you know, obviously the Stars and Flames. And then over in the the, west, the East, you've got what Philadelphia? Uh, who are they going? Oh, Philadelphia, Montreal. You've got Tampa Bay and the winner of Columbus, Toronto. You've got the Islanders and the Capitals. And then you got the Bruins and the Hurricanes. <clears throat> I think if Columbus wins, that would be really, really funny to see Tampa in the first round again. Like, and, and with like a new and improved, like Pierre-Luc Dubois in like just Terminator mode. Yeah. Like that's... Like they could, and Merzlikens. I don't know. I like I like Columbus. I think they got a cool team. Yeah, Columbus is you know. I but then again, they still got to get through you know Toronto here after that miracle comeback yep. that they had. Um, and it, it's Lightning Canadians in the first round. So luckily, the Lightning don't have to deal with Columbus at least. Oh, for it's a while. it's Philadelphia and it's Philadelphia and wait, how would you who'd you say Tampa was playing? 
uh, Tampa and the Canadians, unless I'm looking at no, the wrong no. one. Uh, Philadelphia is playing the Canadians. Oh, Philadelphia okay. was the one seed in the East. Well, fake news, uh, fake sporting news. Uh, let me go ahead and get the correct <laughs> bracket up here. Jeez, jeez, Louise. Um, let's see here. I mean, yeah, that I mean that would be the matchup, you know, that I think everyone would would would, would be watching would be Tampa versus, uh, um, you know, Columbus. It's just. <sighs> And, and and the thing is, I think Columbus has a better chance against Tampa than Toronto does. Uh, Toronto still just—I mean, they—I mean, they nearly lost three to nothing to get out of there. I mean, that's they—they—they they have it. They have issues on defense, and Tampa Bay is a team that you don't go into with uh, with issues. Um, so it's—I uh, still like—I still like Tampa. I mean, no matter who they face, but I think uh, Columbus could make things interesting for sure. So does that mean the Capitals and Islanders are playing or Capitals Canes? Capitals and Islanders, Bruins and Hurricanes. So Carolina gets to try and exact some revenge from the sweep of Boston last year, too. And I I really like Carolina. I I think they've got a very, very solid team. They finally added some grit by getting Joel Edmondson in, you know, the fall trade. Uh, Obviously a Stanley Cup winner now, so he's got that going for him, too. Uh, I I really like Carolina. I, you, know, you cannot put anything past Boston, but if a team can beat them, it's going to be Carolina. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing um, – uh, oh, I just lost it. Oh, who – what was the other series that we were just talking about? Uh, Islanders, Capitals. Oh, yeah, or, yeah. yeah. Barry Trotz. Yeah. Barry Trotz yeah. taking on, you Barry know, his Trotz former Wolf. team in the first round. Like that – I think that will be interesting. And I, I kind of like the Islanders in that one. I have not been wowed by the Capitals in the round robin at all. And uh, uh, Islanders, they, they, you know, they, they took out Florida pretty well. They took them out pretty handily. They play a very slow, defensive, methodical type of style. And I always give those teams at least a puncher's chance in the playoffs. Um, I, I think the Isles could pull off the upset there. I like Carolina over Boston. Um, and that feels weird saying to me right now. But Boston's just not in a good way right now. And Carolina is, I mean, they were the one sweep. In, in the uh, in in the uh, best of five, you know, for a reason, and that that teams you talk about teams that have that something special going for them, it would not surprise me to see Carolina make a run to the finals too. I mean, it's just they've they've they they're very good top to bottom. Carolina um, didn't even look like they broke a sweat against <laughs> the Rangers; like they just like brushed them aside. Really, it was it, it was like nothing. It was absolutely and, and Mrazek is it's and really that that tandem of Mrazek and Reimer. I mean, go figure. I mean, two guys that were kind of castaways, you know, at, at one point in their careers, they end up in Carolina, and they're they're a great tandem. Who knew? Um, and then you got the Flyers and Canadians. And the fly, I mean, look, I, I thought that the Penguins would have had no issue with the Canadians in the first round. I thought the Canadians were going to get wiped out and then go on to, you know, play the Lafreniere sweepstakes. Um, instead, the Canadians take out the Penguins. And while I like the Flyers to win, I, st- I, think, I think Montreal gets at least one or two. I, 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 I like them enough to where they'll at least get one or two, but that'll be it. I have enough faith in Carey Price for them yeah. to at least get one or two. I think like he looked great in the Canadian series, right? He was a big part of that. That uh, the reason they won, and I think that'll be a really chippy series. Like you know, like like both teams kind of got like I don't know, they got just kind of nasty players. Like you know, like on the Canadians, you've got like Domi plays it kind of with an edge, you know, and stuff like that, and. Kevin Hayes kind of plays that style. So I, I definitely think like that'll be a chippy series. 
Yeah, that's I, I agree 100. percent And then over in the uh, Western Conference here, if uh, let's see, uh, if take a look at the schedule for that. You have the Golden Knights against the Blackhawks, so you have the Robin Leonard Bowl there. You have the Avalanche versus the Coyotes. You have the Stars and Flames now, and then you have the Blues and Canucks. So let's go ahead and start off with that from the top with that Golden Knights versus Blackhawks matchup. Blackhawks, the team that I think everyone else written off, wrote off as well. Um, you know, Crawford was a question mark going into the playoffs. I think he's, you know, put a period on his answer. You know, I think he's fine. Um, he goes up against, uh, and the Blackhawks go up against the uh, Golden Knights. Remember, the uh, Blackhawks traded Robin Leonard to uh, Vegas, you know, at the deadline, uh, thinking they wouldn't be in the playoffs. Well, whoops, here we are. Um, and by the way, did you see Robin Leonard's tweet? about about this series um no it, it, it was like a meme and it just said uh just said awkward <laughs> in typical robin leonard fashion i i still like i, I like vegas in the series i think vegas will take them can okay. i hot can i can i give you a hot take and say they sweep you know I, I i think it goes i think i was gonna say vegas in five i think chicago gets one but I wouldn't shock me to see a sweep either, Wags. What do you think? See, I'm I'm on the opposite side of that. I I think this series could go seven. Really? I, I really do. I, I you know you've got the experience of, of Taze, Kane, and Keith. All three are healthy. You've got a future star in Kubalik. Uh, you've got another guy on that team that didn't really get a whole lot of you know pub in the in the route in the in the qualifiers and then Alexander Debrinket. You know Chicago is a lot better than people think. And, and Vegas didn't, you know, the, despite the fact that they played and won all their games, essentially, they still, to me, didn't look fully on at all. I mean, in the game against the Blues, you know, just like today's game, a lot of that was this team going through the slog, going through the mud. Yes, they scored three goals in the third. They came back and they scored in, in quick succession in the second. But they, 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 they also didn't play great. I mean, you, just like you said, Mike, the first two game, the first two periods against Dallas, Dallas yeah. dominated them. Vegas mm-hmm. didn't look good. Then they turned it on the third and they won. It's a team that can turn it on when they want to, but you know, there's also times where they kind of go into a shell or, or just don't play well. And I think Chicago's a team that has that experience that they can take advantage of that. And and look what they did to Edmonton. I'm not saying that Edmonton was a great team. They're not at the same level as Vegas, but you've got a Connor McDavid and a Leon Dreisaitl, and they essentially, for the most part, shut them down. And they could do that to Vegas as well. Now, I'm not saying that I think Chicago's going to win the series, but I would not be surprised if they took Vegas in the brink. It was announced that uh, Patrick has uh, entered the bubble today. Yep. So that's, that's huge. Like, that's huge. Add that to a team that's already playing well, and that's, uh, yeah, Vegas is going to be a – they might be the team to beat in the West now. As, as as much as it pains me as a Blues fan to say that was so that was my Western Conference pick. My bet at work is Philly Vegas final. Yeah, and that and that's a good that's that that's a pretty good pick, and that's looking pretty good at this point. Uh, Avalanche versus Coyotes. Um, Avs looked really good in the round robin. I thought even in the loss against Vegas, they still look they they still look pretty good. Um, you the, seem to have a lot of love for the Coyotes there. Like like you think. You know, you, I, if there's a team that I feel that could be a double-digit Cinderella, it's them. You hopping on that Yotes Biz Nasty wagon? 
I I I might be hopping on that wagon this year, uh, <laughs> year Farley. I I just when, when, I never discount a team that has a really good tandem in net and a really hot goaltender. Darcy Kemper is gonna make a name for himself in this playoffs. I think. Uh, this I is think, Taylor Hall's only what second time in the playoffs. Yeah, so so he and not only that, but he's a pending UFA, so he's going to have incentive to you know you know play his play his ass off. Um, you've got the you've got a young team around him with Dvorak and Keller. Uh, their defense is is pretty pretty decent in Ekman Larson and Chikrin, You know, leading that way, uh, they're not perfect, but I, I mean they stay, they still have consistency issues. Uh, but I, I I think this is a series that could go seven. And this is one I give the slight edge to uh, the, to the Coyotes too. I think they have. This is a franchise that's been through some ups and downs over the years. They get tra- kind of treated as the redheaded stepchild in the NHL, and I think they're ready to make their statement this year. Um, Wags, where do you where do you see this series going? Well, Arizona also has the incentive to play well as well because if they can make it to a, a, like a conference final or a Stanley Cup final, how, how does that look to Taylor Hall as well? And their chances of re-signing him improve as well. So it's not just Taylor Hall playing, trying to play well to improve or in, incentivize somebody. It's Arizona as well. They want to keep Taylor Hall. There's a reason they made that trade. So Arizona as a team is going to want to play well as well. Uh, man, it's tough though because I really do like Arizona. I like the way they play. They're, they're a mirror image of the Blues in, in that sense, and that's why the Blues seem to have struggled against Arizona. But Colorado, man, I hate to say it because they're a Kroenke-owned team, and I freaking hate Stan Kroenke. I wish I, I almost cursed there. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you could tell I was holding back. I, I hate Kroenke. But Colorado just has so much that it's for me it's going to be hard to see Arizona overcome that. I yeah. do think this could go seven because I think Arizona does have a chance. Uh, but I'm going to take Colorado in six. Uh, it's going to be a hard-fought series, but I think Colorado will take it. All right, Farley, you're the tiebreaker. Uh, so I'm going with Wags. I think Colorado in six. Okay. Um, they they I left that Dallas Stars Avs game shell shocked. That's like that's that's how like that it was just waves of snipers. To be honest, like everyone shot the puck. Landis Scott was shooting, Rantanu was shooting, McKinnon was shooting, Burakovsky was shooting, and then even like lower on in the lineup, Nemestikov was shooting. Like Don Scoy was shooting. Don Scoy, exactly. It, like it is just everything and anything is going at the net, and they, they got a lot of speed. And man, Francis and Grubauer looked pretty good. Yeah, so and, and, and Grubauer looked looked really good against the Blues as well, and it's. That, that's gonna be a tough series, I think. I, I think it's gonna be tough. I think it's tougher than people will take will will take it granted for. I guess. I think there's still some people that are sleeping on the Coyotes a little bit, but I think they're gonna make a series out of it. I could definitely see Abs in six. You know, I um, I, I feel I, like I, I, I feel like I'm I'm hot taking the Coyotes at seven here. I I definitely think Coyotes in seven is the underdog pick for sure. Um, but I think I think the Coyotes also they have sort of um that same they've got the same sort of mentality as the Avs, I guess they've got, to be honest, they've got the Avs and the Coyotes have quite similar teams. If you think about it, you've got, you know, Kemper and Ranta, Grubauer and Francis in the back end there. You've got some names on the back end. I mean, not really huge. I mean, Kale McCarr for Kale McCarr, like Kale McCarr on the back end for Colorado. All right. You've got Ekman Larson and then Taylor Hall and Nate McKinnon are pretty similar players. Like, like down to the way they skate. Like if you look at them in full stride, they have that like real deep Sidney Crosby Canada skate. 
to yeah. them. You know that, yeah. Um, so like, I they they're pretty similar. So I, I definitely think that the Coyotes will, will won't go down without a fight. Yeah, I, I definitely, I'm definitely with you on that one. It's going to be a fun series. I'll be, I'll be one. I'm, I'm going to be glued to personally. It's just, it's just, it just, it just it has all the makings of a very good series. Uh, speaking of all the makings of a good series, uh, let's go ahead and talk about it, Farley. Stars versus Flames. You seem to think that's a pretty good matchup for the Stars, huh? Um, so I guess, listen, the stars haven't looked great. I said that, but I think this will be a one. It'll be a fun series. I think there's going to be some big hits. There's going to be some after the play shenanigans and all that. Like, especially like, uh, to started straight up just with his, with his stuff, like the way he, he, the way he plays, um, like that's what he does. He, in the Winnipeg series, he started that. So like, He's going to come in there firing up and ready to go. And you've got Luke Cheech and that sort of stuff. So I think it'll be a fun series to watch, but I don't have any confidence in the flames to keep the puck out of their net. Um, and all it takes, I think like if um, like, if like Pavelski or Perry, like we put a couple past Talbot and he, I think his confidence shot, like if we can really shell him one game, like I, I don't think they're resilient enough to, to come back from that. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, Winnipeg did absolutely nothing to really inspire fear in Calgary. Uh, you know, especially after losing Shifley and Line A, there was just there was this nothing when it came to Winnipeg's offense. Dallas, on the other hand, has the ability to roll a couple of different different lines, a couple of different looks, and that's really going to be what proves difficult for Calgary. Um, I still I think this is going to be a fun series. I think it's going to be a series that could go pretty deep as well. Uh, I mean, obviously, you still got, you know, a Kachuk, a Goudreau on this team, and you got Mark Giordano in the back, who's a very, very good defenseman that no one talks about. He's a Norris Trophy winner, and yet no one knows who Mark Giordano is. I mean, it, it baffles me. So they've got a good defensive back end. It, it is. It's just that goaltending that you're like, oh, if it goes sour, it's going to go sour quick. So I, I, I think Dallas will take it in the end. Uh, there's a reason these top four teams are the top four teams. They're gonna they're gonna make their hay in the playoffs, and I think you'll see. You know, I think it'll be a chalk playoff round for for the West. I think all four seeds advance. You know, I and, and much to Farley's chagrin here, I'm gonna disagree with you on, on this series, Wax, just because even though the Stars won today against the Blues, it wasn't like convincing or anything like that. I'm still not convinced by the Stars. I'm still not totally convinced by the Flames either. Um, but I like their, their, and then again, the, the flames I feel have the better offense going into this one, but Kadobins look really good for the stars. And if Bishop comes back and he looks good again, it's, it's very hard to rule the starts out stars out of any playoff series. To me, they're like a zombie team. They, they're, they're a team that, you know, should not maybe, you know, be where they are, but they have a reason for that. They just won't die. You know, and 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 their goalies. You know, you just can't score against them. So, well, I think that's what we saw today in in the Blues game, right? Like, yeah, like we just we we also we floundered on our power plays a lot, but right, like there was a point there where we were just like Hudobin was holding us in it, and we were just kind of like on uh, into the zone, and then we'd go chase it down, and then nothing would happen. We just do that over and over again, and then you know we can win it in the last thirty seconds. Yeah, definitely. So it, I think this is this is a series that could go deep as well. 
I'm still going to say... I'm going to say Flames in six. But I, it, it's really going to come down to whether they can crack Kadobin and, and or Bishop. Uh, I think they have the capability of it. Um, but it, it just, it just going to be a quick... I feel a lot more better about them cracking that tandem than the other way around. You know, for uh, just, just remember that the team that's going to win the Stanley Cup this year is going to be a team that has a goaltender tandem that is equal to each other. You, know, you look at Vegas, Flurry and, and Leonard. You look at the Avalanche and, and their two goaltender system, the Blues, even even Dallas, you know, Kudobin and Bishop. The teams that are in the in the lower seeds, you know, Chicago has Crawford and that's it. Uh, Arizona's that's that's why they're they're such a hot pick because they have two goaltenders that can really win you a series. Then you look at Calgary and Vancouver, and they only have essentially a single goalie that can really carry that team. And with the amount of games you're going to play, be playing in probably a short amount of time, having two goalies that can win you games is, I think, going to be the difference maker. Yeah, definitely, and, and that's and that's just kind of it's kind of the way the NHL is now. You need two goalies going into the playoffs, and the, and they certainly have that. So uh, another another close series, I think that'll be for sure. And then finally, because uh, Zoom is telling us we are running out of time, uh, Blues against the Canucks. I wish it, I wish we weren't at this point, Wags, but here we are. Um, we get the Canucks, although we we played well against the Canucks during the regular season, just not as well. Uh, as compared to the Flames, um, I'm going to say um, with with the Blues and Canucks, I can't go against the Blues and still call myself a Blues host. <laughs> so I'm going to say Blues and six. I but I do think that they're going to stumble at least for one game out of the gate because they're still obviously not where they need to be. Um, but there's there's they I, I I have faith that this this is a veteran team that has been here before, that has overcome the odds before, that went on a Cinderella one to win the cup last year, despite the odds. And so I'm going to say that they eventually wake up and they they take out the Canucks in six. And no, I'm not confident about that, Wags. Um, but what do you think? I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I was thinking when we first saw, started talking about this, I think Blues in six, you know, Vancouver's got the offense to to make some games pretty interesting. Uh, and they've got a great goaltender in Jacob Markstrom. So I, I think losing six as well. And just like you, I am not confident in that pick. No. So so give us a confident pick here, Farley. Uh, what do you got, Blues Canucks? So 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 when you asked me, my gut said, and this is off the cuff, Blues in five. Okay. But then I heard you guys talk. <laughs> So I think we talked to so, the Canucks. Oh God, <laughs> that, that sounds um, like me talking to a girl. I um, liked you, and then you started talking. <laughs> so I'm gonna say, I'll, I'll stay with you guys. Though I'll say Blues in seven. That would not shock me at all. Yeah, that would not shock. It, it would not shock me either if Jacob Markstrom gave me PTSD like Ben Bishop did last year for the Stars. It would not it shock could, me. It could happen. It could he's, happen. He's got that ability. He's got that ability. The stars, you know, they're 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 a pretty good, pretty solid team up and down. You know, I mean, they they really uh, they really came into their own this year, and uh, they're they're going to be a tricky team uh, to to take out. I I still think the Blues are going to do it, but it's just I'm not I'm I'm just 
I, I don't have the faith right now. I, I just can't right now. Um, but that's going to do it uh, for this uh, watch party and episode of Blue Notes. Real quick, uh, we are going to be also on uh, Clean Skate Podcast with Michael Farley. We're going to record that here uh, after we pop off here. Um, where can they find you, uh, Farley? Uh, you, you, uh, wherever you guys are listening to the Blue Notes Podcast, you can find us uh, on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, Google Podcasts, um, Spotify. Uh, just look up either the Hockey Podcast Network or a Clean Skate Podcast. And if you want to follow me on Twitter and uh, hear me tweet my sadness into the internet, uh, you can follow me at, at Clean Skate Pod. And of course, some dap for my co-host Wags. Any final thoughts? Uh, uh, how how down in the dumps are you right now? Uh, I'm not as down in the dumps as I would th- I would think I was after that loss because we're guaranteed a first round series. Uh, it's against a team that I have some some confidence against, and we're playing hockey. You know, we're not we don't got Cardinals baseball right now. We've got St. Louis Blues hockey. I am good. Yeah, I'm. I in the end we do have hockey, and that is something that we can smile about at least a a, a little bit. But we are Blues fans, so we can't smile all the way. <laughs> awkward anyway uh that's gonna do it for this episode of blue notes i want to thank you for listening and watching because without you there is no me there is no wags there is no hockey podcast network i'm tom franklin reminding you to not be a chump and always play to the whistle You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.